Good evening, my family. All right, here we go. Let's lift up our voices tonight. Come on. Oh, yeah.
your spirit, Lord, is to spring up a well, Lord, that well of living water, Lord, that we stand by. Let us take root in that water, Jesus. This is who you are. Christ is my firm foundation. serve an unfailing God. Lord, we trust in your sovereignty, Lord, as we fall into your will, Lord, that you would work what you do best, Lord. In the background of our life, Lord, that you're always at work. In the midst of our chaos, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're in control. So let us put that, Lord, at the foot of your cross tonight, Lord. This is who you are. Safe way. 
sing it. And no matter the chaos in our life, those storms of life that come hitting hard,
sing it together that he is worthy of it all. Sing it. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Oh, you're worthy of every praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever bring. We live for you. His name is Jesus. Lift it up. Lift up his name. Jesus, the name above every other name. In surrender we say. Jesus, the
What powerful truth in that song. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the rock in which we have built our house upon. He said, a wise man who hears my words and takes it to heart will know what it's like when the wind, rain, and storm comes and knocks you down, but you have the rock to stand back up on. So tonight is communion. Be seated very quickly and very quietly. You should have received the elements, and if you didn't, they're passing some out, but I think too many times we rush through this and we really kind of just do it repetitiously. But in the night that the Lord was betrayed, knowing what had already happened, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks and he gave it to the disciples saying, take this, all of you, and eat of it in remembrance of me. Knowing what had been done to him, betrayal, sold for 30 pieces of silver, that they were going to come to arrest him and kill him, he forgave. And he's teaching us to forgive. Sometimes we carry wounds in our life and we carry hurts that we don't know how to surrender. So God, tonight as we hold this bread, we think of what you did, that you died for our sins and you died for our salvation and you died to give us peace and you died to give us the strength to forgive those who have trans trespassed against us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray as you forgive us that we could learn to forgive others. We hold this bread of hope, a bread of future, knowing that we will be where you are if we just continue to walk that path of faithfulness. In the name of Jesus, this is the body of Christ. You may eat the bread. He then took the cup and he gave thanks. And he blessed it and he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my new covenant. This is the covenant of my blood. I'm making promises to you that I'm gonna seal with my blood. I'm gonna come for you again. Christianity is a walk of hope that we will see Jesus again, face to face. We're citizens of heaven. So Father, as we hold this cup, we hold a cup that represents your blood that was shed for us and we say thank you. And we thank you for the blood of Jesus that gives us victory over death and gives us victory in our everyday walk. We claim the blood of Jesus over our life but also over our family if we're married over our spouse, if we have children over our children, over our parents, our siblings, nephews, nieces, family. Lord, might the blood of Jesus protect us all. We pray in the name of Jesus. This is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may drink of the cup. Lord, what a joy. A joy, Lord. We remember this with great joy because you went to the cross with the joy set before you. And that was us on the other side. 
stand to your feet and then just shout it out and just worship him and just sing it again. And he is our foundation. He's our promise. He's our hope. He's our everything. ready for a fun night on the 28th. Amen. You do not want to <laughs> miss it. You do not want to miss it. Listen, That's right. it looks like a lot of fun up there right now, but let me tell you, um, it's coming up. 
It's already this weekend. It's, it's already here. So if you yeah. if you registered to um, decorate a trunk, please be sure to check your emails. There's an please, email that please. tells you when to come in and when to come out and where to do all the things that you need to do. If you still um, haven't decided how to participate, we can always use more candy. There's never too much candy. That's true. You know, I was, I was speaking to Sister Jessica just yesterday, and we're about... 30 bags short of candy. Oh, there's more than 30 people. So you guys understand, like, this year we're expecting it to be twice uh, as big and uh, as last year, which last year, if you guys remember, the line went from our front doors all the way down to Monroe Street. And so it went all the way around our building. It was longer than the Keynes line, somebody just (laughs) said. Longer than the Keynes line. So... If we're, we're wanting it to be twice uh, the attendance, and again, don't forget, guys, it's not about the attendance as the flex of the number of people that we can call in, but really the, uh, the transformations the that have, the outreach that right. happens. That's right. So we definitely need more and more just candy, right, um, to, to give to the kids and to the community and just to show our love. Uh, that's what kind of draws right. them in, and then we tell them that we. This is where you are the hands and feet of the, of the of the Lord, and yeah. you reach out into their community because the kids in this neighborhood they need to know that God loves them, and they Amen. can go back and share that with their families that they're going to make come. That's Amen. Right. That's what it's all about. That's Amen. what it's all about. So, church, don't forget, invite everybody you know. Right, this is a community event. This is not an exclusive event to New Beginnings Church. This is a community event for the city at large. And so because we love our city, we believe in our city, we believe that we can rebuild our city, right, with the love of Christ, it's open to the entire community. So please invite uh, your friends, your family, your neighbors, and and then tell them to invite others as well because it's open to everybody. It's open to everybody. Just remember, if you've got that car, just check your email. Hey, you know what uh, is also happening that morning on the 28th, Fox Fox, is that men of honor, uh, we're the men of God in the house, right? Men of God in the house. We've been so involved in bringing some dynamic speakers and events to this platform and into this house of worship. Uh, And Saturday is not going to be any different with the Men of Honor. It's going to be just an amazing time with uh, internationally renowned speaker Mike Silva with Mike Silva Ministries, International Ministries, as well as, I don't know if you guys uh, maybe recognize the name, Nick Gonzalez. He's the lead singer of a pretty popular uh, group, uh, Salvador. Yeah. He'll be leading worship this Saturday. Uh, Nick Gonzalez from Salvador, he'll be here on Saturday. So, men of God, come in and grab your buddy and tell him to come in and that this concert's free and it's on you. It's just going to be an amazing time. And it's going to begin at 9 a.m. here at church, uh, here at New Beginnings Church, here in the sanctuary. Uh, and there's actually going to be breakfast involved. So, it starts, I believe, free breakfast food, starts at food. 8 o'clock in the morning or 8.30, Pastor. 8 o'clock, yeah. So, burritos. Free, free burritos, free, free food, burritos, free and food. always que no falte el café. Pues, I know, no, por pues, favor, a Chile. De la morning, que no falte el café. Red and green so, chilies. Red, so green, just, sausage, both. bacon, carne novada, probably. Mm. Who knows? But I'm here to tell you. Sounds grab, good. Grab another guy that you know that can use an encouraging word and bring him in because uh, we're expecting to pack out not only this sanctuary, but also our overflow, kind of like how we do it for Easter. So, um I don't know if you can top that. I will not to be outdone 
Ladies, women of God, I know you're here. Let's make it louder. That's right. That's right. Those are my, those are my girls right there, Michael. I don't know. Listen, we had a great time with Frontline Ministries. Amen. A lot of women were changed for Jesus Christ, but we're not quitting there. There's always the first Sunday of every month where we have our own breakfast. I'm going to just have to make sure there's red and green chili there as well, right? Because we got we to gotta beat that. We got to beat that, but we can do it. Listen, another opportunity for you to come and just share Saturday morning with some women of God, but that's not the only thing. There's also another conference um, for women in November. I, I don't know the exact dates off the top of my head. I think it's November. It's November the 10th. 10th. Yeah. I was going to give you the wrong date. That's why the app is behind the, the me. Night right? of worship. Yeah. But listen, um, it's an incredible opportunity, some amazing speakers, an opportunity for Friday and Friday night and Saturday for you to come in and just be blessed by uh, some amazing women of God who have a, an important message to share with you, a message that God has placed on their heart. They have been preparing um, for months now um, to just come in and build you up so that you can be a leader for Christ in your community, in your home, in the city that desperately needs to hear the love of God. Amen? Amen. All right. Not that it matters who Not that is, it has a better menu. Doesn't. Right? Because well, on the menu is always the love of Jesus Christ. What matters is, is the ministry, right? That's and right. And how you and I are edified That's through right. these groups, through the men of, of New Beginnings, through the women with New Beginnings. And so, church, we encourage you to always be a part of it. If you want more information on both uh, what's going on with Men of Honor and what's going on in the life of the men of New Beginnings or sisterhood as well, always check on our NBC ABQ app or NBCABQ.com, and you can find it under events, and always find out more information. Also, just so you know, Roxy, I know you're hyping it up, and as you should, but there are only 30 spots left Whoa. for that retreat that you're talking about in March. Come on, ladies, only so 30 spots left. Only 30 spots left, and, 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 and all the early birds are gone. Mm. All the That's early all right. bird discounts right. are gone. My Mexican ladies, we know. We just show up. We never RSVP for anything. <laughs> we just show up. You got 30 more spots to fill in. You can't just show up on this one. Could you please just take one of those last spots at the last right. minute? It's all right. Come and be blessed by the Almighty. So be, 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 be assured that we want to make sure and reserve a spot for you. And so if, if you want more information on that, that QR code that's behind me, the best way to connect with us. That's great. Uh, you can sign up that way. Uh, you can download our app that way. You can ask us any questions, submit a prayer request. So, church, scan the QR code if you want to sign up or if you just want more information on the retreat that we're talking about for the women in March. Um, and then we have also, also, you have a night of worship. A night of God worship. All kinds you of things. Man, let me tell sisterhood. you, there's all kinds of things that we probably forgot. That's why scanning yeah. that QR code, getting involved, yes. getting that app on your phone is so important. Listen, there's all kinds of things that we do at this church, not just because Michael and I like to stand up here and talk. Well, we do, but aside from that, aside from um, we like to do all these things because we know that it's important for you to grow in Jesus Christ so Amen. that you can reach up. So we want you to reach up to Christ. We want to reach out to our church to make sure that you're growing, and we want to reach out to our community. That's what we stand for. That's what we believe. That's why we have all of these programs, right? And none of these programs would be possible without your faithful giving. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much, church, for doing that. If you want to, you know, give through that QR code, through the app, through our Facebook, there's all kinds of ways to do it, including the boxes at the doors. We cannot thank you enough for being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ as we reach a lost and dying world. Thank you, church. Amen. Thank you, church. And with that, we would love to turn it over to our senior pastor, Richard Mantle. Welcome our pastor to the, to the platform. 
Thank you, Drew, very, very much. Guys, what a joy to be able to celebrate what God is doing. Hey, last Saturday, we had a prayer walk uh, at an abortion clinic, and it was a prayer walk, love life prayer walk. And we had 55 people from our church there, and we gathered. This is a picture where we gathered. Watch. Uh, do we have it? Do we have the pictures? Uh, maybe we don't have the pictures after all. But uh, we got together at a park, and we worshiped the Lord, and then we walked a block and a half or so to the abortion clinic, and then we prayed outside the abortion clinic, and we were praying, and there, we're the air, they call us the air team, the air force, because we're bringing in the heavenly atmosphere through prayer. And there's some frontline workers that work right on the sidewalk. They're called sidewalk advocates. And there's only a very, very short little sidewalk, so we can't, can't have a lot of them there. Although, there we are. Okay, so there we are praying at the abortion clinic, and there's three big windows there, and that's where they actually perform the abortions. And there were 20 women inside waiting to have their abortion. And, uh, and we prayed, and when the sidewalk advocates saw us walking, they were so encouraged. They started ministering to the women as they come in. Four of the women said, we had no idea there was another option. We didn't know there were people willing to help us, walk alongside with us. And that day, four women turned away from the abortion clinic. We were able to save four babies. So, man, that's, that last picture is the team. That was when we were walking. That's when we were worshiping. And uh, the, there's one of, that's the whole team. That's not the whole team because some had already left. But it was an amazing representation of God's ambassadors. And I just want to thank all of you that went, all of you that couldn't go, but you were telling us, you were praying for us. God showed up. It was so powerful. Guys, last week I started a sermon series called It's All About You or All About Me. And it's, it's a series saying, okay, look, life, sometimes we, we get really just selfish. And God is saying, no, I want you to love others as you love yourself. So God says, I want you to love yourself, but I don't want you to make yourself above everyone else. I want you to care for others the way you want to care for yourself. And I don't know about you. I, well, they don't do this anymore. Kids don't play outside very much anymore. They do video games and stuff. But if you're an old person like me, there used to be a game we used to play called the King of the Hill. And You'd find a pile of dirt, and you would just fight to be who was going to be the king of the hill. So you'd get on top, I'm king of the hill, and they'd knock you down, and then, ah, I'm king of the hill. And one time there were these two brothers, and the oldest brother would get up there, I'm king of the hill, and his little brother would come and knock him down, I'm king of the hill, and the big brother kept winning. And finally the big brother stood up there, I'm king of the hill, and the little brother came and stood next to him, and I'm prince of the hill. <laughs> I'm not going to be let out. And, but what I was thinking about that as I'm, I'm, I'm preparing for this because there's a real power struggle that we have within us that we want to be first, that we want to be able to look at our life and to be able to make sure that we're on top and we are the king of the hill. But let me tell you something. 
In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 24 through 27, Jesus was preparing for the, the Passover meal, and, and he tells the disciples that one of you ha, is going to betray me. And it says there, it starts in verse 24, it says, Then they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. So they're looking like, man, somebody's going to betray him, but it can't be me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm his metal metal. I'm his right hand. And, and all of a sudden, it says, it goes on to say, but Jesus told them, in this world, the kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they're called friends of the people. He goes, but among you, it will be different. He says, those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and a leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? Of course, the one who sits at the table. He goes, but not here, for I am among you as one serves. So God, help us understand the use of power, and the power that you give us, and how to use it properly. And to not make life all about us, but make it all about you. And as we look to you, we'll make life all about us the way you want us to live. I pray that you help us Grab a hold of that tonight in Christ's name, amen. You know, there's a lot of forms of power. One form of power is authority. You have a position of authority, and some people don't know how to use their authority. They abuse people with their authority. They misuse their authority, and they they just really hurt people with their authority. Then you have some people that are, uh, it it influences a, a form of power. That's how you influence people. That's why sometimes you say, if you know someone that knows someone that knows someone, they go, hey, man, can you give that guy a call because I applied for a job, and I know you know them. Maybe you could influence them to hiring me. Maybe you could influence them to helping me. Maybe you can influence them because influence is power. And then there's strength, just sheer strength. There's power. We've had the power team here before where they, man, they, they bend bars and they break handcuffs and they tear these books, that phone books that are three inches thick, and, and they do these things, and they display the strength that God has given them, and, 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 and they, they use that. And then another form of, of, of power is responsibility. When you've been given responsibility, it shows people, wow, you're in charge. Oh, yeah, I, I want to speak to who's in charge here. And then you come, oh, you've got the responsibility to represent that company and represent that organization and and to be able to try to diffuse the situation because you have the responsibility to do that. Well, God is telling us it's important that we not have this power struggle, but we learn how to really yield our power, our strength, our authority, our responsibility over to the Lord and really have him guide us and lead us So I want to use some steps on how we could do that. And the first one is that we have power struggle when we want to be served rather than to serve. 
When you're going around saying, I want to be served. I'm, I've been here longer than anyone. I'm the pastor here. You know, it's like I, I, I've never been that guy. Like sometimes people get mad. Pastor, you shouldn't be doing that. Why not? It's not a big deal. Let's just do it. Let's get it done. Some people are like, no, I, I, can't. I will never do that. I am the owner here. They're going to serve me. It's like, no. Sometimes you go to a restaurant, you see the owner working harder than the rest of the staff, wait staff. Why? Because they're modeling, they're showing. Let me tell you something. You want to be, be the first? <laughs> show how to be humble. Show how to be a servant. Because if you show how to be a servant, you will end up being first. They'll raise you up. They will pull you up to a new level of life. They will help you. But too many people are always fighting for position, for titles. They want the title. They want their name on the door. They want their name on the plaque. They want the parking space. Somebody told me the other day, hey, why don't you get a parking space that even says for pastor? I go, no, I, right now I've been using the handicap just because it's, it's been easier on my hip. But I, this Sunday I, I had a parking space way, way down there past on the other side of Canes. And somebody said, man, why'd you park so far? And I go, well, that was the only parking space that was here when I got here because I got here late. But it's not a big deal. To some people, it's a big deal. I don't even want to put my name a parking space for the pastor because if I have a bad sermon, someone might egg my car. I don't want them messing me up. But see, some people look for, it's like, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be. In the book of Philippians, the apostle Paul tells us this in chapter 2, starting at verse 4. He says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He says instead, he gave up the divine privilege, privileges he took, the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. So he said, I know I'm God in the flesh, but you know what? I'm going to live as a human being because I want mankind to know that it is possible to be a Christian and it is possible to live a sinless life and it is possible to obey the word of the Lord and it is possible to be a blessing. Because let's face it, sometimes we mess up, don't we? Haven't you ever stuck your foot in your mouth? Haven't you ever opened your mouth before you thought? Haven't you ever done something like, oh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you is you fail to put God first and you keep trying to fight for that position. And then God says, I told you you should have waited. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you is that you still want to be in control. So this power struggle is that you want to be the one being served instead of serving because you want to make sure everyone knows that you're in that position of power. Let me tell you, you don't have to walk around, I'm the boss, because you know what? Everyone there knows you're the boss, and you know you're the boss. So you don't have anything to prove. Just work and live out your life and lead the way you're supposed to. 
So another thing we have to understand about power is we have a power struggle when we use power to hurt or intimidate other people. When we use it to hurt or intimidate other people. Sometimes we get out of our zone and we're just doing something and next thing you know, like, well, I'm in charge, so get out of the way and we're leaving dead bodies. We're running over people. I have some people in my life that sometimes they'll walk up to me and they go, Pastor, and they hug me and they go, but you're leaving dead bodies. And I thank God for those people that love me enough to tell me that I'm running over some people because I'm going so fast and maybe I'm so focused on what I'm doing, I'm not focused on what I'm doing. Because sometimes we can run that hard and run that fast that you end up hurting someone that you don't even realize it. But some people realize it. They love messing with people. They love stirring it up. I always joke around, but it's the truth. I tell them they have the spoon ministry. They take out their spoon and stir everything up. And then they go, my job is done. And they leave and everything's all, everyone's all stressed out. And they think it's funny. There's some people that text people some nasty stuff just to get a rise out of them. Some people call them and get a rise out of them. And it's like, why would you want to do that? Because I can. Do you understand how much you're hurting people and you're intimidating people? They know you're the boss. They know you're in charge. You don't have to treat people like that. Look what he says in 1 Peter chapter 3. Verses 8 through 12. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters and be tenderhearted and keep. He goes tenderhearted because when you're tenderhearted, you'll keep a humble attitude. And he says, don't repay evil with evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. So just because you might be the authority figure, don't don't get ugly like they are. Because you know what? It's not worth it. The Bible says a soft answer, answer turns away wrath. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips, he says. He goes, keep your lips from telling lies. Man, that would put an end to a lot of gossip, wouldn't it? Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the one who turns his face against those who, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. So he's saying, treat people right. Don't walk around intimidating them and hurting them and 
doing stuff just to mess with them? I mean, there's a difference with just joking around and just jabbing, 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 and you know that person's hurt, and you know that person's wounded. It's like the big brother or the big sister with the, in the back seat of the car, and they've got their finger right there, and they're going, Mom, Dad, they're, they're about to touch me. I'm not touching them. They're touching. No, I'm not touching them, but they're right there. They're just aggravating it. They're just agitating it. They're just making it more than what it even is. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 says, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. So be a healer. Walk around bringing healing, bringing joy, bringing happiness. It's the best thing to do. The third thing I want to say is that we have a power struggle when we're not willing to share our power. Like if you have a position of authority, of power, sometimes you're like, I'm the boss. Don't you forget, hey, you need any help? I don't need help. What are you trying to say? I can't handle it? Like, no, I was just going to help. I don't need help. I don't need anyone's help. Like, calm down. But, man, it's like people are threatened. People are, are overwhelmed. It's like, just chill out, man. I'm just trying to help you. One time Moses was counseling the people of God. They had left Egypt, and, and Moses is ministering, and he's helping, and he's counseling. And all of a sudden, his father-in-law, Mo, uh, Jethro, goes, Moses, you're killing yourself. What are you doing? He goes, you're really overworking here. There's no way you're going to keep this pace up. He was seeing hundreds of people every day. There were millions of people in line to talk to him, and he was burning himself out. So Jethro goes, Moses, you need to start sharing the load. You need to start sharing the power. And some people don't know how to share power. It's hard. Some people say, Pastor, it, it is kind of a controller. You know what? I'm not. The minute you say yes and I give it to you, I don't butt in anymore. But there's people that drop the ball, so then I have to pick it back up. But I'm telling you, we've got to learn how to share that. Moses did in Exodus chapter 18. This is what happens. Start at verse 21 and 22. We're just going to read two verses. But Jethro says, Select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 100, of 50, and of 10. They should always be able to solve the people's common disputes, but have them Bring the major cases to you. He goes, let the leaders decide the small matters themselves. They will help you carry the load. Make the task easier for you. See, Jethro's trying to say, hey, son-in-law, you're killing yourself. And this is the way you could do it. There's some of your leaders, they could handle a 1,000 people. And they'll really be able to manage it well. There's some that can handle 100. 
there's some that can handle 50, uh, 10 group, and he, and he divvies them up, and he says, I really want you to do this. He goes, the real tough cases, let them bring it to you. And Moses was like, wow, will I be able to do this? And he decided to follow instructions and the advice of his father-in-law. And man, it worked. And Moses was saved because he was sinking fast. When you choose not share your power, share your authority, you start diminishing instead of rising and getting stronger. Because the load is overwhelming, the load is overbearing, and you can't do it by yourself. I was talking to someone the other day, and I said, it is so important, you need your family. I I don't need anyone. I go, yes, you do. You don't understand. You need your father, your mother, your brother. You need your brothers. You need your cousins, your relatives, your grandparents, your uncles, your aunts. You need each other. A lot of times we get to this age where we think that I can do it all. I could do it. I don't need anyone. And it's like, boy, have you ever been there and you fall flat on your face and you're like, oh, my gosh, I really need people. I always think of the Wizard of Oz because the lion was my favorite character in that story. And he sings, if I were the king of the forest. And he says, not Duke, not Earl, but King. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's not even going to settle for anything else. And I go, that'll preach because that's us. We want the top notch or nothing. And we don't want to share that with anybody because we're afraid they might get credit. My grandson, one of my grandsons, he's really, really good at technology. And the colleges and the the Air Force and all the armed services were at the high school the other day recruiting, and he's a junior, and he was he's really good at technology, and they ordered a new machine in their shop. And it's an engraving and a cutting machine for real thick and real strong metals. And I mean, this machine was, I don't know how many millions of dollars. And the, 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 his teacher said, Daniel, I want you to help me put this together. He goes, so here's the manual and do it. I'm like, they gave you the task? You're giving a two-point-something million-dollar machine to a 16-year-old kid? And the teacher goes, man, your grandson is brilliant. I go, did you at least share some of the credit? And I was thinking about that. I go, I wonder if he gave my grandson any credit at all. Because, see, some people don't want to share the power, but they'll share it hiding it. Like, would you do this? And And then they get the credit. Now, see, it doesn't matter who really gets the credit most of the time, but it's because some people won't share the credit because they're share, afraid to share the power. And I'm telling you, the Bible says if you humble yourself, he will lift you up. He will raise you up. He will pick you up. And that is so important for us to understand. And another thing that we see in the Scripture is that we have a power struggle when we refuse to be accountable with our power. Some people don't like accountability. Some people are like, hey, give me a report of what you accomplished. Give me a report of what you've done. Let me see what you did. What, you don't trust me? 
What, you don't, you got to check up on me? What, you're micromanaging me? No, I just want to see how much you advance. I got it done, okay? I got it done. And they haven't got it done. They don't want to be held accountable. And then some of them are misusing their power. And so when you come along to bring correction and direction and you come to bring some discipline, then they're all, it's all them, it's not me. And they don't want to be held accountable for the position they hold and the authority they hold and the power they hold. And that's really dangerous because when you become that person, you fail to learn anymore. And when you fail to learn, let me tell you something. You think you have arrived. And we have not arrived until we finally arrive to heaven. It's not over till it's over. And I don't know about you. I'm a lot older than a lot of you, and I'm a lot younger than a lot of you. But let me tell you something. Every day I learn. Every day I learn something. And I have learned that I can learn from young people and I can learn from old people. And old people, let me tell you something, young people. Old people know a whole lot more than you think. They might not know how to use a phone. They might not even know how to use a computer that well. But I'm telling you, they could download some heavy-duty information into your life if you just sit there with them and ask them and honor them. And old people, these young people know a whole lot of stuff. They know how to make your phone do things that the makers of the phone didn't even know they could do. I mean, these young people can do things that are absolutely amazing. But see, sometimes we refuse to be accountable to each other. And we don't want to go there, and, and we don't go there, and then we, we, we end up falling over our own face and over our own feet. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 14, it says, without wise leadership, it says, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. Now, don't be seeking advisors to pat you where you want to be patted. Seek advisors that are godly and are wise and go to them and say, what do you think of this? And if they tell you, I don't think you should do it, and then the next one says, I don't think you should do it, you probably shouldn't do it. But you might keep looking till you find someone that says, yeah, go for it. And then you have to call them later to bail you out of jail. (laughs) But you know what I mean? We do some of the dumbest things sometimes. So we really have to put ourselves in a position to say, okay, God, I need you to guide me. I need you to lead me. I need you to instruct me. I need you to help me because I don't want to refuse accountability. I want to be accountable accountable with the power that has been entrusted me, the position that has been entrusted me, the strength that has been entrusted me, the responsibilities that have been entrusted me because by doing that, then I'm going to bring honor and glory to the Lord because he's going to see that you are faithful and loyal to be able to do the things that you need to do and you have been doing. And sometimes you've been doing it, plugging away, and you think no one's noticing. Let me tell you, not only do your boss notice, but God is definitely taking record of it. And in due season, you will reap what you've sown. So don't give up hope. 
They'll say, ooh, I did that, and now they're getting all the credit. Look, I know some of you have been in that position that I've been in, where you have to train your boss. And you're like, wow, that's kind of weird. Here they go. They got the promotion, and they're going, hey, show them how to do it. You're like, oh, why'd they get the promotion? But sometimes they got the promotion because they had the temperament, and you don't. You still blow off the handle. You still lose your temper. You still knock holes in the wall and do crazy things, yet you're amazing at what you do, but you're not at some other area. So I'm here to tell you, God wants to help us, and he wants to direct us, and he wants to give us guidance if we would just humble ourselves enough to not refuse accountability, but to be accountable for the power and position and authority and responsibility he has given us. Then bring me to another one. We have power, and we have a power struggle. When we refuse to yield our power before God. Some people don't want to yield it to the Lord. Like, God, I, I thank you for the position you've given me. He goes, why don't you surrender it to me? I got it, God, I got it. I got it. God, you, got, you, you, you put me here. I got it. I won't let you down. And he's like, but I want to strengthen you. I got it. I got it. Haven't you ever met I got it, people? And you're saying right now, yeah, I got it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but see, we end up doing that. We, we find ourselves getting into this groove, and we end up getting into a rut. And someone once said that a rut is a grave with the ends knocked out. In other words, you're already dead, man. It's just a matter of time. And you don't understand it because you refuse to yield to any authority. You refuse to yield to God. You refuse to come before him and say, God, help me. I'm sinking. What should I do? You go, I don't want to admit I'm sinking. They might end up firing me or they might end up, no. But you could say, God, I really need wisdom. I need help. What should I do? And God will say, well, that's Johnny over there, man. Johnny's always, he knows everything. You go, hey, Johnny, I was thinking about this, man. How does this machine work? Because I, I haven't got it down. And I'm telling you, Johnny will go, oh, man, you just do boom, 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 and you're like, wow, thank you, Johnny. And they go, what do I do over here? Oh, ask Susie. Susie knows everything about that. And she's like an encyclopedia with that. There's always those people that have that knowledge, but we're not willing to yield to God and yield to those people, and we're constantly struggling because we think that if we yield, that we're going to show that we don't know. And let me tell you something. Everyone already knows you don't know. They just want to find out if you know you don't know. So everyone's going, does he realize he doesn't know? Does she realize she doesn't know what she's doing? Haven't you ever met people like that or worked for people like that? That they don't have a clue. And you're going like, man, look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2 through 5. It says, care for the flock that God has entrusted you. He says, watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. He says, don't 
lord it over the people assigned to your care. He goes, but lead them by your own good example. And when the good shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. And in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. He goes, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So he's saying, make sure you line up your life in a way that you're going to do it right. Make sure you're going to line up that you're willing to yield, that you're willing to say, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to do here. Because you know what? God's going to give you a crown of glory, and that's going to be a never-ending glory. And you might never even get any recognition here on earth, but I'm telling you, man, the whole world's going to know about it. The whole, all of heaven's going to know about it. And you know what? Don't do it for the recognition here. Because the praise of man just lasts about that long. Man will lift you up and they'll stab you in the back. They will, they will anoint you and then they will just drop you. God anoints you. Man appoints you. And when you're appointed, you're just appointed for an hour. You're just appointed for a time. God's anointing is from everlasting to everlasting. His call is irrevocable. You are anointed of God. And you've got to understand that. But see, we don't understand because we don't take time to pray. We don't take time to spend time with God to really get to know him. When you have really got to know somebody, man, they go, hey, oh, they went to the restroom right before they ordered. Someone goes, oh, you know what he wants to drink? Oh, yeah, I know him inside and out. This is what she wants. This is what he wants. Why? Because you know that person. Are you going to be able to order for God? Do you know him that well? They go, oh, man, I know my father. My father in heaven he loves lamb. Man, he loves lamb. Passover meal, oh, he loves Passover meal. Man, he's going to serve up some good, good, good lamb. Yeah, I, my father in heaven, oh, yeah, man. He, you you, you got to get to know my father in heaven like I know him. He, he, have you got to that point? Have you really come to know him? Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. So humble yourself under the mighty power of God. And then he says, and at the right time, see, on God's time, he will lift you up in honor. See, he's saying humble yourself and God's going to lift you up. God's going to do it. You just have to just humble yourself and say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, use me. Here I am, Lord. If nobody notices, that's all right, as long as you're keeping tab. Because you know what? God says he's writing everything and keeping a record of it all. And what are you doing with that? What are you doing with the blessing he's giving you? What are you doing with the time he's invested into you? Are you investing it properly? Because he's poured himself into you and out of you. 
And he's really doing this to make you a better person, but to change the community. He wants to bring change through you, where people are going to look and go like, where'd you come from? My wife and I just went to El Paso for a funeral, and yesterday was the, the burial, and after the burial, we were having a dinner together. And they're a real large family, and I've known them since I was six years old. And, and one of the sons came up, and he goes, man, this is really freaking me out. And I go, what? He goes, you're like really a pastor. And I go, yeah, I am. He goes, that's just the last time I saw you. Think about it, Richard. Think about it. I go, yeah. He goes, we were throwing them down. We were throwing them down. And he goes, now you're drinking water. I go, yeah, water, Diet Coke, whatever. He goes, you're tripping me out. You're like a real pastor. I go, yeah, Yeah, I, I really am. And he goes, man, you're, you're just blowing me away. You see, I didn't go in there and say, I'm the pastor now. Everyone kiss my ring. I was just loving on everybody. I was ministering to everybody. Someone asked me, how did it go? I'm not kidding you. Cindy and I were absolutely exhausted. Because we were pouring out so much to broken people that don't know Jesus. We were ministering Jesus to them. We were ministering hope, love, and grace to them. Man, God picked us up. He raised us up. That says, in the right time, he will lift you up in honor. And at the right time, I was just minding my own business at the reception. And God lifted me up and said, consider my servant, Richard. And all of a sudden, people were coming over, and they go, but Richard, and Oscarim told us that you're a pastor now. And this one lady came up. She's a lot older than me. She goes, hi, Richard. I, I can't believe you're a minister now. You've always been a travieso all your life. You've been a troublemaker all your life, you know, just mischievous. And I go, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm living different now. I go, I met Jesus, and he transformed my life. And he goes, and she goes, and she told me, I mijito, which means, oh, my son. He goes, we're so proud of you. I go, thank you, Olga. Thank you, Panchito. Appreciate it. And they were just like, that the same guy? Because I hadn't seen some of them in a long time. And the service was in the chapel, the, the church that we got married in. And that was 45 years ago. Matter of fact, what's today? The 25th? So in two days is my anniversary. 45 years. And afterwards, I, I, I went up to the altar, and I, I go, hey, take a picture of us. My daughter was there. She took a picture of us at the altar with the church in the background. And I go, man, 45 years ago, 
mijita, I told my daughter, we made a vow right here. You know what? Two years, two years of our marriage, never even want to think about. They were horrible. By the grace of God, God brought us through. And I'm telling you, we made a vow. Shall death do us part? And I almost killed her, but I didn't. (laughs) But I share that to see this. It's because I finally learned to yield the power to God. Because we don't do that all the time. We still want to be in charge. We still want to be in control. And we need to surrender. We need to give it to him. We need to say, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. Brother told me last week, last Sunday, he goes, Pastor, you know, all these years, been fighting with God. I give it to him and then I take it back. And I give it to him and I take it back. And I give it to him and I take it back. He goes, you know what I finally did? He goes, I surrendered. He goes, he didn't have to take it and I didn't have to give it. He surrendered. He said, it's yours now. Have you surrendered that power struggle to the Lord? Have you surrendered it and said, Lord, it's yours now. I don't, I don't want to fight you anymore. I don't want to fight others for it. It's all about you and not about me. Have you come to that point that you finally say, Lord, I'm not going to govern my own life. I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to put my faith in Jesus Christ. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, that's why I always invite you to do that, because that's the, bi- the first step, and that's the biggest step because we're still wrestling wanting to be in control of our lives. It's like picture a chair here, and Jesus is in the chair. And, and, but now I'm in the chair. I want to call the shots. So I'm sitting in the chair. And Jesus says, you really want to surrender your life to me? I go, yeah. He goes, well, then get out of the chair. Let me be the Lord of your life. And today, there might be someone here that's never made that shift. You've never let the Lord be the, the Lord of your life, to sit on the chair of your heart. And if you want to do that, say, raise your hand. Say, Pastor, I really want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. Praise the Lord. Praise God. A- anyone else? Well, if you want to make that decision tonight, amen, yeah. I want you to stand up if you raised your hand. And I want church, all of us are going to pray to encourage you. So say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And I believe that he, believed, that he died for my sins. And by faith, I receive that. And I want to live forevermore for Jesus. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you stood up, could you come? I'd love to give you a hug if you were one that were standing. I have a Bible and some things for you. Pastor Chris is going to get for you.
I just want to celebrate with you. This is an amazing time. I don't know if you have a prayer request or something you've got to lay down at the altar. Maybe it's been that battle you've been holding on to, but come up now so we can pray.